Welcome, everyone. Uh, my name is Matthew Farrell. I am your host for tonight's Authors on the Air interview with William L. Myers, Jr., um, author of Backstory, as well as several other novels of suspense. Uh, Bill is a good friend of mine. Uh, we grew up together in the Thomas and Mercer Publishing House, and uh, he is currently with Ocean View. I had the distinct pleasure of reading his book, Backstory, which is his latest. And he is here today to talk a little bit about it and his writing process with us. So thanks, Bill. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me on. It's so, a good conversation. So let's uh, kick it off with um, you know, your latest backstory. Just tell us a little bit about the book. Well, as you know, my four previous books were all legal thrillers. And my agent said to me, why don't you try something different? Why don't you try a psychological thriller? And I said that I would do that. And I also said I was going to do something that I've never done before, which is write a purely organic novel. Meaning I was going to sit down and start writing a story with no idea who the protagonist is no idea what his backstory was and no clue where the book was going. And I said to myself, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a guy who wakes up in a bar with no memory, no memory of who he is. And <clears throat> so I started writing backstory and I actually have the guy, he, he wakes up outside of a bar and he's all bloodied. He's all beaten up and he has no memory. And then I walk him into the bar and people come up to him and they start talking to him. And I have no idea who these people are to him any more than he does. But he finds out, okay, well, this guy's my brother-in-law. This guy's a cop friend of mine. He comes to learn that um, he's living in Kansas. He's lived in Kansas for 10 years. His wife of 10 years has recently died. And as, as the story progresses a little bit, he comes to believe that, um, well, he, he's told that she took her own life. And he has flashbacks of coming into the house and finding her dead on their bed. Um, but he comes to believe because of different things that he learns that she didn't kill herself, that she was murdered. And clues start popping up about who he was before he moved to Kansas. In Kansas, he's just a regular guy. He works at, at Goodyear. Um, he's a foreman. He has friends. He has a nine to five job, a beautiful wife. But he has a memory of himself in a swamp being shot and killed. And he has a memory of talking with somebody over the phone and asking him, am I still dead? And so he knows that somewhere in his past, he's a very different person from the guy he is now. And <clears throat> I throw these clues in, myself not even knowing where they're going to take me. And so when somebody reads the book and they find out, oh, this is where he was before he was in Kansas, it's because I sat down and when I wrote that chapter, I'm learning this is where he was and who he was before he goes to Kansas. Um, 
And one of the things that I tried to do was I wanted to create a lot of physical motion, like a lot of traveling. So he goes from Kansas to the middle of Pennsylvania, to Philadelphia, back to Kansas, to Las Vegas as the story unfolds. And I wanted to put in a lot of conflict. So everyone he meets from his previous life, his brother, his mother, his ex-wife, his girlfriend, his boss, everyone he has conflict with because the previous life, the life that he left was a total train wreck. <laughs> um, and it's just, I had a lot of fun having him butt heads with all these people, sometimes physically, sometimes emotionally, um, as he's learning who he is and, and how he ended up, where he, where he ended up. So for me, Matt, a very different book than my earlier books where the protagonists were lawyers, they were hiding things, they were cool characters, and they were, in, in a sense, they were unreliable narrators in that they were holding back information. This guy's an unreliable narrator too, but he's an involuntary unreliable narrator because he doesn't know the information. Right. So I think that's fascinating. I didn't know when we spoke, you know, in the past that you were kind of going into this with just as little information as the character. So I think that's fascinating. Did you have any kind of an end in mind or you went in completely blind? When I started, I went in completely blind. Wow. Didn't know he was from back East, didn't know about his former relationships. All that stuff just came to me over time and I built it in over time. By about three quarters of the way in the book, I knew kind of what the ending would be not necessarily how I was going to get there, but I knew what the ending was going to be. And I had ideas about how I was going to resolve, um, you know, most of the conflicts because every, you know, every person that he has a relationship with or had one with in the past, the conflict between them has to be resolved in one way or another. And sometimes it's in a good way, a redemptive way. Sometimes it makes him a little darker. Um, sometimes it's it's good for the other people, and sometimes it's bad for the other people. So you took you took pantsing to like a whole nother level. <laughs> I mean, you know, I consider myself a pretty good pantser, and I typically start out with, you know, a general idea. I know what the beginning is going to be. I think I know what the end's going to mm -hmm. be. And, you know, nine times, eight times out of 10, the person who I think is going to end up being the killer or guilty or whatever changes. Right. right. Um, but I've never heard of someone sitting down and just going for it. I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by that. I think because yeah. the story was great. You know, it came out really well. But to know behind the scenes that, you know, you really didn't know where the characters were heading either and just kind of let them go where they where they needed to go is outstanding. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was a lot of fun because I'm normally when I write, I do, you know, I know the protagonist. I know how the story is going to end. I have like three or four major plot points. Um, and then, you know, and I write down 
air, like with the chapters, when I'm done with the chapter, I do a synopsis of the chapter. Mm -hmm. So I can always go back and remember exactly what the chapter is. So it's more of a, a, a painstaking kind of disciplined approach. This was just, I mean, it, you know, it was freewheeling, but you know, of course, as, as I'm going along, everything has to make sense at the end. So I've got to go back and, and change some things right, and right, massage right. some things. Um, but it's, I think it ended up as it's a very raw story. Um, you know, it's more like real life where you, you have interactions and they're not perfect. You know, the dialogue isn't perfect. The resolutions aren't perfect. It's just kind of this, this, this messy, gritty fight with this character, make up with this character, fight with this character, um, you know, type of, type of series of interactions. Um, and I think it's it's more true to real life. Yeah, yeah. I got a sense of that, you know, reading it. it, it you know, it felt like you were, you know, in an authentic situation. So kudos yeah. to you for pulling that off as well. Yeah. You've had, um, you've built yourself a pretty nice fan base with the legal thrillers. Mm -hmm. um, so I assume most of them, all of them came over to check this one out. You know, have there been, you know, have you heard anything from the fans, you know, who are used to reading you as a, a legal thriller author, uh, you know, with this new story? Are they, you know, is it a, a happy change? Did they want to see more legal? What, what kind of feedback were you getting? Um, I got, I got people who said, um, it's different, but I love it. I love the way he writes. I have people who said, what is this? It's not what <laughs> I, not what I was expecting. Some of them are not what I was expecting and great. Not was I, not what I was expecting and I didn't like it. So, you know, it's a, it's not a book that everyone will love. Some people will love it. Some people will hate it. Some people will love the character. Some people will hate it. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, do you see yourself playing in this genre a little bit more as time goes on, or kind of toggling back and forth between legal and and general, or you know, where do you see yourself down the I road? Think, yeah, I think I think what I well, I already know what I'm going to do because I've already <laughs> I've written two or three books since then. One of them is going to come out um, next year, also also by Ocean View. Another one we're shopping now. The next one that comes out is like an Elmore Leonard book, low-end scumball crime figures um, in, in a messy situation. I, and I, because I love Elmore Leonard, I love yeah, the sparse yeah. way that he writes. Um, but in, the other one that, that we're working on now is, it's a big story, it involves a, a lawyer, it involves the opioid crisis. Um, <clears throat> and it is, it's in the legal context in the sense that he's a practicing lawyer, he's trying cases, and he's and he's trying to redeem himself as a lawyer because he's he fell to the opioid, you know, he became an addict, okay. lost literally everything. <clears throat> um, that one's more along the lines, though, of the earlier books, in that I went at that with a great deal of discipline. Uh, it's a longer book, it's Everything is, you know, hopefully perfectly fits together. Um, and in the end, it, it's it's a redemption tale, 
but you don't really know until the end. Is he going to redeem himself or isn't he? Because he's got to got to make a, a lot of morally ambiguous choices. All right. So um, can't wait to read it. Good luck with the shopping. Thank you. Thank you. And you have a book coming out too, October 5th. Yeah. Tell us the name of your book. So my book is called uh, We Have Your Daughter, coming out October 5th from Bookator. Um, actually, earlier this week, yeah, I think Monday was uh, we uh, pre-sales went on sale for uh, the ebook. Okay. And print and audio pre-sales will come at a later date. But um, yeah, you know, this is a standalone. So the first four books that I wrote, mm -hmm. um, you know, I call it a series. The first two were kind of loosely tied together. The the third and the fourth were definitely part of a series. And this is just something that I wanted to try, you know, standalone, you know, new characters, new area, you know, new surroundings. Just a, <clears throat> as a writer, you need a breath of fresh air every once in a while. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, like you with Backstory, I had a lot of fun writing this one. It was uh, nice to dive into some new characters after a yeah. while. Yeah, the juice is flowing again. I, I know, I know. I I look forward to reading that, and I'll, I'll do I'll do a pre order. <clears throat> awesome, awesome. Uh, so, not just with backstory, but in general, you mm -hmm. know, when you're writing, what do you hope that the readers get out of your books? Just is it pure entertainment? Is there a tale there? Is there you know something else that you know you're hoping that they get when they pick up a, a William L. Myers Jr. Um, you know, it depends on the books. Um, the legal thrillers were mostly entertainment, but I wanted them to get out of it that in, in the legal world, which is where the first four books are, there is a lot of moral and ethical ambiguity. And often a lawyer comes to a point in a case where he has to make a decision not, not necessarily to do something that's unethical or illegal, but something that approaches the line, something that he doesn't feel comfortable with because he has to put the client above himself. So as a lawyer, you may say, man, I, I don't want to do this, but this is what's in the best interest of my client. So I have to do this. Right. And, and as a lawyer in real life, <clears throat> you'll do it. At least the good ones will do it. The, the bad ones will take the easy way out. The good ones will, will do the hard thing sometimes. Um, and I wanted, I wanted people who read the first four books to get that sense that it, it, it can be an emotionally and psychologically challenging thing to represent someone. Um, in backstory, I wanted, I wanted people to, to just kind of feel what it would feel like to all of a sudden not know who you are. You know, because we go through our lives and we have all of our memories and we're pretty sure we know who we are. But I think you really don't know who you are like on a deep character level until you're put under a tremendous amount of stress. Right, right. Because that, that's when, you know, when the chips are really down, that's when you really see who you are. This guy, I put him under tremendous pressure. I made him a blank slate to himself. And he has to see who he was and then kind of decide, well, 
okay, that's who I was. Who am I going to be now? How am I going to deal with these tough situations now? Um, and I wanted readers to get to be in that situation, you know, high pressure situation, facing things you've never faced, where you can't say to yourself, well, I already know who I am. I've done this before. You know, I know how it'll turn out. I know how I'll behave. But to be in a situation, and for him, for Jackson, a whole bunch of situations where he has no idea how he's going to behave because he can't remember how he behaved in those same situations in the past. Right. One of the things that I loved about reading it was, you know, I got a kick out of, he would walk into a scene or a situation. <clears throat> and of course, the characters that he's interacting with are treating him like they treated him the last interaction that they had. Right. But he has no memory of that last interaction that they had. <laughs> so there's like a, there's always like a quick learning that he has to do. Um, which I thought was was good writing on your part to, you know, I just found that, you know, it's a, it's a, it was a fun book to read in terms of, like you said, a character just, you know, being in situation after situation and not remembering the last time he was talking to that person or in this area or anything like that. And yeah, yeah. A lot of fun to read. I highly suggest to everybody out there to, to give it a shot because it's, uh, it's fun. I, I, I remember, uh, you know, reading it, um, ahead of time, uh, the arc, and um, you know, a couple of times, my wife calling from the bedroom, "You coming to bed?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'll be there in a minute. I just want to, you know, <laughs> one more chapter because I was having fun reading it." So, thank you, Matt. Thank you. So, my final question for you, um, and there's a lot of aspiring um, writers that you know view the authors on the air podcasts and listen, and there are many, many, many of us existing uh, published authors who have a day job, myself included. And I'm always interested to get the perspective of another author with a day job of, you know, kind of how you balance between, you know, in your case, you being an attorney by day, you know, thriller writer by night. Uh, how do you kind of make that both work for you? Meeting deadlines and coming up with new ideas and making sure that, uh, you know, your clients and your, and your day job <laughs> are taken care of. Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a really good question. I wish I could say, Matt, I have I have this down to a science. I wake up, I write for an hour, I go to work, I come home, I, maybe I write for an hour, but I don't do that. I, you know, my my work schedule with the trials and the depositions and the clients, that kind of has to take control. And so I can I write when I get a chance to write. Maybe it's in the morning, maybe it's at lunch, maybe it's at night. Um the, the challenge is, and you probably experienced this yourself, being in my office or even being in a courtroom and a scene from my book starts to play out in my head <laughs> and I want to write it down because I think, oh, I like the way this is going. I like the dialogue. I like the plot development and I want to write it down, but I can't because I'm, I'm in court or I'm in my office and I'm interacting with somebody else and I wonder how many times somebody's looking at me and they realize that I'm just not there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're killing someone in your mind. That has, uh... yeah. I'm killing someone in my mind. I'm <laughs> smiling at you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so do you find it super challenging or at this point, you know, you done with five books, you know, have written the sixth, shopping the seventh. At this point, it's kind of just 
that kind of toggle back and forth between day job and writing, regardless of <clears throat> times, is it kind of natural at this point or is it still a struggle for you? Um, it, it's it's a still a little bit of a struggle, but what I what I find is I have more confidence. I I have the knowledge that, you know what, if if I don't get to write this down for like five hours, I'm not going to lose it. It's not going to just right, go right. away. Right. Um, before when I would have one of these things where I'm with somebody or I'm working and the idea comes, I would get all edgy because I'd be afraid I'm going to lose it. And, you know, not, not a good person to be around when you're edgy. <laughs> now, and, and I'm, and I'm guessing you feel the same way. You have the confidence. It's like, you know what? I'll pick it up a few hours from now. It'll still be there. Um, don't panic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I have the pleasure of being a little bit more regimented with my job, a job typically, you know, when I leave the office, you know, barring a couple of emails I can answer on the phone at night, there are set times at night that I, you know, dedicate to writing. So I'm, right. a little, I'm lucky in that aspect. Well, that's great. Uh, that's but great. yeah, and during the day, if I'm, you know, if I'm in trend, I have a hard time turning off and on my writer and, and day job brain um, right. during the day. So I tend to just stick with the day job during the day and, you know, not right. think too much about it. But there are definitely, to your point, times when a, an idea or a scene or something's popped into my head. And, if, mm -hmm. you know, if I can, I'll jot it quickly on a post-it note. Right. But if I can't, you know, you kind of put it in your back pocket and hope it's there when you get home that night. So. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> So before we let you leave, um, tell the viewers out there your social media and how they can uh, get in touch with you. Okay, well, you can, get any of the, you can get any of the books on Amazon by looking up William L. Myers <clears throat> Jr. The Twitter is at William Myers Jr. The Facebook is William L. Myers Jr. And um, Instagram is at junior.williammyers. All right. So Bill, thanks for uh, being with us today. And for all of you out there, uh, please check out William L. Myers Jr. Backstory, his latest, his previous four legal thrillers, everything available on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Bill, thanks again, and we'll talk soon. All right. Thank you, Matt. All right.